Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, June 8th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. In George Floyd's hometown of Houston, thousands gather for a memorial for the man whose death kicked off nearly two weeks of nationwide protest. In Minnesota, where Floyd died, Minneapolis City Council says it intends to dismantle the police department as calls for defunding the police grow nationwide. And President Trump coming under fire from military leaders and his own party, criticism for his use of force to drive peaceful protesters from outside the White House. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We begin today in Houston, Texas, where the third and final memorial service for George Floyd is taking place. Floyd's death at the hands of a white police officer two weeks ago has sparked nationwide protests and demands for police reform. Pedro Rojas is just outside the memorial, right there in Houston with much more. Pedro, what's the mood there? Are a lot of people showing up? As you said, Andrea, just a thousand people are showing up in this place. In fact, they are being bussed by shuttles from another location just up north from where we are. Now, as we can see right now, the funeral, the, the casket is already inside this chapel. Uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson just arrived here. And many people have been gathering here in the last few hours. Now, this is going to go on for several hours today. The public will be allowed to get into this location only for 10 minutes. They must wear masks and also gloves. Also, we were able to, to speak to a resident that came, and he says that what happened last two weeks in Minneapolis, it is the icing on the cake for changes in the police around the country. Let's listen. He's the icing on the cake. That's it. That is it. And that, was, that would open everything up. When you saw what you saw, but people seen other incidents before it got to George, and it's just a combination of different ingredients. By saying ingredients, are those individuals that lost their life? Several personalities are expected in this location and then in here today. Among them. Former Vice President Joe Biden, who is now the presumptive presidential candidate from the, for the Democratic Party, we understand that he already met with the family and he has put out a video that will be presented for the visitors in this location today. As well, we have the mayor of Houston, many local personalities that will be attending this funeral today. So this is going to be a large gathering of folks. Also, we have in mind that security is pretty tight in this area due to the fact that the locals are concerned that more riots and more protesters can happen at any time in this location. Back to you, Andrea. Thank you, Pedro Rojas, live in Houston, Texas. And we know that this memorial service will go on for about six hours today. And the former police officer charged with killing Floyd is making his first court appearance today on a video conference. 44-year-old Derek Chauvin is charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. He has not yet entered a plea. The three other officers who were at the scene have been charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and aiding and abetting manslaughter. All four officers have been fired in addition to the criminal charges against Chauvin. The FBI and Department of Justice are investigating the deadly encounter. 
And we're approaching the third week of demonstrators taking over streets across the country and demanding change in the wake of Floyd's death. As Lorraine Casares explains, now police departments in different cities across the country are facing the threat of defunding. In North Carolina, 10,000 people coming out on Saturday to pay their respects to George Floyd. There is no way in the world that his life will not change the trajectory of racism from now on. This says around the country, demonstrations continued all weekend, mostly peaceful. Large crowds rallying in Philadelphia and Chicago and the same scene in Los Angeles. We want people to, to help us carry this baton stand by our sides and we want to we want to take our allies and march toward the gates of racism and injustice and uh, I don't think it stands a chance anymore. Protesters dancing near downtown Atlanta and in Denver, players and staff of the Broncos leading a march through the city. In D.C., no arrests were reported. The mayor joining the crowd down the Black Lives Matter plaza that leads to the White House. Civil rights icon John Lewis posing for a powerful photo saying the nation is sending a strong message to the world that we will get there. The movement already causing some changes. Sunday, the Minneapolis City Council announcing their plans to end the police department, saying decades of police reform have proved that the Minneapolis Police Department cannot be reformed. Our commitment is to end our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis to Police Department, to end policing as we know it, and to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe. The city's mayor getting heat for not fully supporting the idea. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Los Angeles and New York City, the mayor's announcing their cities will move funding away from the police force and instead put it toward youth and social services. New York City Mayor de Blasio declined to give a dollar amount and say exactly what will be reduced and what exactly the money will be put toward, saying that this is going to be a conversation over the next three weeks as the budget for the city is ironed out. Meanwhile, police departments announcing changes like the Denver Police Department saying it is banning chokeholds and neck compressions with no exceptions. Also, officers are going to have to report to their supervisors if they intentionally point a gun at someone. In Miami, Lorraine Caceres, U News. Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. And moving on now, one man is in custody after police say he drove through a crowd of protesters in Seattle on Sunday. Police say a 27-year-old man who was at the scene was shot. The fire department says he was in stable condition Sunday evening. Police say they recovered a gun when they arrested the alleged driver. Prosecutors have charged the two Buffalo police officers seen shoving an elderly protester in a graphic video last week. The Erie County District Attorney says officers Robert McCabe and Aaron Torgalski face one count each of second-degree assault. Both officers have pleaded not guilty. If found guilty, they could face up to seven years in prison. The DA says the severity of the charge is partly because of the age difference between the protester and the men charged. Now we turn to Washington, D.C. President Trump has ordered the National Guard to leave the nation's capital. This after facing a wave of criticism from former military leaders and also members of his own party. And as protests continue over the death of George Floyd, the president's approval numbers are wavering. 
Former Secretary of State's Colin Powell, one of the nation's most prominent Republicans, now joining the growing list of people condemning President Trump. He lies. He lies about things. And he gets away with it because people will not hold him accountable. Powell didn't vote for Trump in 2016 and says he plans to vote for Biden in November. Powell is calling out Republicans in Congress for not speaking up. Even more troubling, the Congress would just sit there and not in any way resist what the president's doing. Meanwhile, Senator Mitt Romney is adding his voice to protest over the death of George Floyd. On Sunday, the Utah Republican joined a march in Washington, D.C. We need to stand up and say the Black Lives Matter. And inside the White House, President Trump fired off tweets, downplaying the crowds and demanding law and order. He also announced he's ordered National Guard troops to withdraw from Washington, saying everything is under perfect control. Acting Deputy Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Ken Cuccinelli, speaking to CNN about Floyd's death, saying he does not believe that Floyd's life would have been spared if he were white. Uh, no, I don't think he would. What I heard in that eight and a half minute clip uh, was someone who was uh, a bully who was abusing his position of authority and power in the law. A new poll shows President Trump losing ground to Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. The CNN poll conducted by SSRS finds Trump's approval rating down seven points in the last month. Among registered voters, 41 percent backing Trump and 55 percent backing Biden. 38 percent approve of the way Trump is handling his job, while 57 percent disapprove. As House Democrats outline sweeping police reforms, Attorney General Bill Barr telling CBS's Face the Nation there is no systemic racism in U.S. law enforcement. I think there's racism in the United States still, but I don't think that the uh, law enforcement system is systemically racist. I understand the, the distrust, however, of the African-American community given the history in this country. And voters say they are concerned about many issues right now, including the spread of the coronavirus, the economy and the president's inability to unite the nation. This is what they're saying. Now, according to a poll conducted by NBC News, 80 percent of voters believe things are out of control here in the U.S. Meanwhile, Democratic lawmakers today unveiled a sweeping police reform bill and held a moment of silence for George Floyd. Janet Rodriguez has the details from Washington, D.C. Janet. Headed by Nancy Pelosi, they actually kneeled for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, the same amount of time that George Floyd was pinned down uh, to the ground in Minneapolis. And after that, they did, they did unveil that uh, what they're calling a police and justice reform act. And what they want to do is multiple things, uh, ban chokeholds, for example, also create a national database where they can uh, monitor police brutality. And they also want all the dashboards in the United States those police cars to carry cameras, among many other things. And now Nancy Pelosi says that this is the first step of many others. This is what she had to say, along with many more Democrats that were present today. But true justice can only be achieved with full, comprehensive action. That's what we are doing today. This is a first step. There is more to come. We must pass legislation that makes our common values and our common ideals real in the law of our land. 
Now, the act has already about 200 co-sponsors, both in the House and in the Senate. There will be hearings in multiple committees in the next couple of weeks, according to Pelosi. This act would have to clear those committees before it goes to the floor. But Pelosi is saying that this is the time to act. She's encouraging my majority leader over in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, to take on the act if it passes the House. Meanwhile, the president tweeting today that Democrats want to defund and abandon police and that he wants law on order. He is meeting with law enforcement officials at the White House a little later today, but a minority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, telling the president that he needs to stay away and he cannot sidestep justice at this time. Back to you. Thank you, Janet Rodriguez, for that excellent reporting from Washington, D.C. And President Trump might address the nation this week to talk about race and national unity. Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson hinted at such a speech on CNN Sunday. Another senior official told CNN such an address is under consideration. The last time Trump tried to address the nation about George Floyd's killing, he drew criticism. Government forces cleared out protesters in front of the White House. Then Trump walked to a nearby church and posed for a photo, a move that was not well received by many, including the bishop of the church, used for that photo op. As calls grow nationwide for law enforcement reforms, the Supreme Court will soon announce if it will jump into the debate. The high court must decide whether it will take up the issue of qualified immunity, whether it should be easier to sue police for serious misconduct. In 1982, the Supreme Court ruled police cannot be held legally responsible for violating someone's civil rights unless courts have clearly established that the conduct is illegal. It was intended to protect police officers from frivolous lawsuits. The latest now on the coronavirus emergency, with the U.S. death toll topping 110,000 and cases still on the rise in 20 states. But there's some good news from New York. The nation's largest city begins the first phase of reopening today. Rafael Rodriguez reports. Today, New York City crossing a major milestone in the fight against the coronavirus. Forget flatten the curve. I'm going to change the state signs. We bent the curve. Exactly 100 days since the city's first confirmed case of COVID-19, the former epicenter of the outbreak now officially entering phase one of its reopening. As many as 400,000 people back on the job, stores now opening their doors for curbside pickup, but the pandemic is not over. The death toll in the United States now climbing past 110,000 people. And concerns growing about the spread of COVID-19 as hundreds of thousands march against police brutality. Kansas officials now warning a protester who marched there Friday and didn't wear a mask has tested positive. Arkansas, just one of 20 states now reporting an increase in new cases. Concern they haven't seen the repercussions from the marches yet. We'll have to wait and see about the cases that come up this next week. Rafael Rodriguez, U News. Nevada is one of a large number of states reporting an increase in coronavirus cases. But in Las Vegas, casino doors are open and the poker tables are humming. Paneli Paz has more on the reopening of one of America's largest entertainment destinations and also a look at some who are still waiting to return to their jobs. The bright lights of the iconic Las Vegas Strip were extinguished, resulting in the closure of thousands of surrounding shops. But finally, the small businesses that survived those pandemic closures are reopening. Que vuelva todo a como estábamos antes. Sí. 
We hope to have my employees back, all of them that were laid off, to have them back. Nothing more gratifying than to be able to call them and bring them back to work. With over 40 million tourists a year, Las Vegas is one of the most visited cities in the world. And tourists from neighboring California are already starting to arrive after this initial reopening. Different. It feels weird because nothing is open. Workers have undertaken extensive cleaning and disinfection efforts to prevent coronavirus outbreaks. It is hard. It is a little bit scary because we do not know where the customers have been, but we have to learn to live with this. But in this first opening phase, people who work in the entertainment industry still can't come back to work. They confirmed to us that it will take a whole year to get back to normal. It is estimated that it will take several seasons for Clark County, where Las Vegas is located, to recover from losing more than a billion dollars from the historic pandemic shutdown. But they are hoping the luck will return to the city. With the casinos open and with the conventions coming back, we hope that everything will return as before and that one day we will forget that all this happened, that this was like a dream. Reported by Dulce Castellanos, I am Benelli Paz for you news. And the U.S. is running out of the only drug known to help with COVID-19. That's according to a doctor with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. He says the last shipment of remdesivir goes out June 29th. The company that makes the drug is ramping up its production and hopes to have more by this summer. A study shows remdesivir reduces the number of days coronavirus patients spend in the hospital. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Welcome back to You News. New Zealand is reporting zero active coronavirus cases for the first time since late February. The country has been praised for its early action and strict measures to battle the coronavirus. Since there are no active cases in the country, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has announced the easing of all domestic restrictions. Tomorrow, Moscow begins to ease its quarantine restrictions. Barber shops, beauty salons and vet clinics will be allowed to reopen. Moscow residents will also be able to visit cemeteries. This is the first of three stages. The second stage will reopen museums, zoos, libraries, transport rentals and other agencies. And in the third stage, Moscow will lift its closures on all cafes, bars, gyms, pools, as well as most other public spaces. And the mayor said he expects the city to also return to normal by the end of June. Moscow has officially reported nearly 200,000 COVID-19 cases.
Mexico's Social Security Institute director has tested positive for COVID-19 just days after sharing a stage with Mexico's president. Zoe Robledo announced his positive diagnosis on Twitter Sunday. On Friday, he gave a press conference with Mexico's president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, and the country's top security officials. 18 workers in Guatemala's presidential house have tested positive for coronavirus. During a televised address last night, President Alejandro Giamate said the team will be working remotely and the presidential house will be sanitized. Both the president and vice president have tested negative. With Mexico experiencing a serious spike in coronavirus cases, medical personnel are scrambling to contain the growing outbreak. And as Gianni Aponte explains, some healthcare workers are going above and beyond to help their patients overcome their illness. We're fine with treatments, little by little. His name is Victor. He's a coronavirus patient who has been intubated in a public hospital in Mexico City for 10 days. Dr. Rojano attends to him. He lent him his phone to communicate with his loved ones as part of his treatment to fight the virus. I give patients a call to talk to their family, and this way they calm down. I believe this helps. This doctor, with 22 years of service in the public sector, dusted off an old phone, and in the face of the shortages in hospitals across Mexico, he uses that cell phone to try to save his patients' lives. I'm Javier. I'm fine. How are you feeling? I feel good. Dr. Rojano's work goes beyond the ethical and heroic commitment necessary to face this pandemic in Mexico City, where coronavirus infection and death rates have been soaring. Because they have this anguish not knowing what's going to happen to them. With the call, they express their feelings and both parties are more relaxed. With another phone, Dr. Rojano videotaped how Arturo was able to talk to his wife after 12 days. We are waiting for you. I know, don't worry. Dr. Rojano has been on the front lines battling the coronavirus for 98 consecutive days. He has a scar on his face from the continued use of goggles. Sometimes you feel a little disappointed when you see people not being aware, that they're walking around without their mouths covered and in little groups. That lowers your morale. Reported by Alejandro Madrigal, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.